Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. How many's ready to hear a word from the Lord? How many's river ready? Come on. Are you ready? What does that mean? That means you're ready. You're ready to receive the word. I know it's snowy out. It's January. It's cold. You may have that that winter thing going on you that that hits all of us this time of year. Well, February is just coming right up, which means we're closer to March, which means we're we're moving forward. Amen? We're we're getting through it. But I'm telling you this word today, whether it's at a summer revival, no matter what time of year you hear this, and those of you that are at home, may be a little different for you to participate and you may feel a little different to get into this message today, but I'm telling you, this is one of those words. This is one of those messages that God has just given me just Thursday, and I'm excited to preach it and share it with you, that God can really make a turnaround and really make a change in, 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 some, in, in our lives. This is for, and I'm going to get into it here in just a minute, it's in Acts 28, it's the last chapter in the book of Acts, and um, hallelujah. And there's a portion of scripture there that I do want to bring out. Um, Paul is uh, getting ready to, he finally, let me just tell you how it ends because we're not going to read the last couple of verses, but in the book of Acts, it closes with Paul finally making it to Rome. He, uh, he is under house arrest. He has a soldier with him. It was uh, the way that Roman protocol would, would always put a soldier with a prisoner and it would chain them usually with a, with a prisoner. So Paul is under house arrest for two years. He stands before Caesar. He's cleared. He is set free, and he, and he is set free from there, and he goes on just a couple of years later to be arrested in another major persecution that Rome uh, comes after the Christians. Peter and Paul are both arrested, and they both are executed. And that's, uh, that's just the way this story goes and what the lives that they lived. Peter was not a Roman uh, citizen, so he was crucified. That's how Peter died. And Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord Jesus. So he's asked to be crucified upside down. Uh, just imagine that. Paul was a Roman citizen, but nevertheless, he was a Christian and he would not deny his faith. And so he still was executed, but they gave him a quick death, which was being beheaded. Feel good already. Isn't that just an amazing way to start a message? That's your history book. When we read through the Bible and we read about Peter and Paul and and these people in the Bible and we think it's hard to relate to their life, no, you need to know what they went through. They went through things that we haven't even went through in America yet. We have not experienced that level of persecution. We haven't experienced that kind of oppression. We haven't experienced that kind of of turmoil and, and testing of our faith. And that's how they went out, strong. But we're gonna back up here to... Uh, verse 1 of chapter 28, and we normally stand, but we're not going to stand for the reading of the word. I'm going to kind of just preach it and teach it, talk about it as we go verse by verse, and uh, thank you, Lord, for your word. And I do, Lord, just thank you. What what an awesome worship, God, and your presence is here so real in such a real way, such a powerful way. I can just uh, sense expectation and anticipation in this room. And Lord, that people that are listening, I pray that that will be the case, that this is just not a normal, a a regular Sunday. Father, I pray that today, that God, today would be a change. You would give us, Lord, a revelation of how to change and how how to go to that next level and turn 
our situation around, Lord. Father, I pray that as we see the example that you have left in the story here in Acts 28, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing you, I want to let you know and set this up is because is, uh, in the Bible, when you read through the Bible, you'll find there are certain places and landmarks in the Bible that represent things all by themselves. Egypt, for instance. Egypt represents what? The world. Pharaoh represents the devil. The world and the devil had God's people. Israel represents God's people, represents you and me. In the New Testament, we are part of the new Israel. Israel was held captive by Pharaoh, by the devil. They were uh, enslaved into the world system, which is a mindset, which is more of a spiritual reality than the physical realm that we see. It's a spiritual reality. The values, the perspectives, the belief systems, the, the mindsets. The, the Bible calls them mindsets. And sometimes when you get saved that God brought Israel out of Egypt, okay, and which was an amazing miracle, and he, and he brought them through what? The Red Sea, another place. Red Sea represents the salvation, represents water baptism, they came out of Egypt, and the very first thing they did, 1 Corinthians 10 says that represents um, water baptism. It was saying goodbye to the enemy, and I love that scripture there in Exodus where God says, once you cross through the Red Sea, you will never see Pharaoh again. There's just something about water baptism. There's something about when you step up and you take that public profession of your faith, that, man, you just, you'll never see some of those enemies again. Amen. We're going to have a water baptism in just a couple of weeks. If you have not been water baptized, or if you were when you were a kid or a child or, or something, and, and now that you're older and you've come to know the Lord uh, in a more personal level, let me tell you, it's not to encourage you, it's to instruct you. You need to get in a tank. You need to publicly stand and give your profession of faith. Something happens when you do that. And the river Jordan, or the river, the Red Sea represents that. And so God brought them out of that, brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, the wilderness, the wilderness, my Lord, the wilderness. Books are written on the wilderness. Wilderness represents that season of life where your faith is being tested and tried, where that is where you get to know God in a more intimate level if you choose to. But and the children of Israel, unfortunately, never did that. They just complained and murmured, and they longed to go back to Egypt. And so an entire generation never made it into the promised land. Why? Because the wilderness was, is meant to clear your palate. It, it is meant to get rid of the taste of Egypt. God wanted to feed them with manna, which wanted to give them a new appetite, wanted to cleanse them from the things they used to love in Egypt. There is a season where, you, where God changes your, your appetites. God changes a person's appetites. Appetite is, you see, everyone is born with hunger. When a baby is born, they naturally are hungry. When you are awakened to the truth, you are, you are, you are normally and automatically hungry. That's how you know a person is really saved. They start having questions. They certainly want to know more about God. They want to know more about the Bible. I love that. Peter said, as newborn babes uh, desire the pure milk of the word. So, so hunger is natural when you get saved. But appetites are developed. Appetites are developed, and many of us have the wrong appetites, at least I did, and, and Israel did. They had the appetites for Egypt, and so God had to bring them through the wilderness, and the wilderness was only as long as they made it. 
The wilderness is only as long as they made it. They could have got out. It was an 11-day journey. God said, I didn't plan for you to be in here 11 days, or 40 years. But you kept going around the same mountain because you just would refused to, to, to cleanse that appetite and, and, and love the new things. I, were bringing, I was bringing manna from heaven, and I was trying to get that taste of Egypt out of your mouth. And that's always the problem, isn't it? God brought Israel out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of Israel. That's the wilderness. That's the wilderness. Now I can preach all day in there because I spent many years there. And, and I've learned that God has a waiting uh, room. And he has it. So then he brought him to Jordan. I'm giving you some more landmarks here before we get into Acts. This is important to see this. The River Jordan, that's another crossing. Joshua brought him over there. What does that represent? That represents sanctification. There was, a, there was a period there before they crossed over. God said, I want you to cleanse your garments. There was circumcision. There was all kinds of, of cleansing away. In the New Testament, the Bible tells us that circumcision is a spiritual thing done with the heart, that we, that we throw away some of the old habits. And when you go through Jordan, Jordan is sanctification. That means you really... Get away, get rid of some things that you used to do. Get rid of some old habits. Get rid of some old mindsets, some old attitudes before you go into the promised land. Because if you bring all of that into the promised land, you're going to turn the promised land into what you were dealing with in Egypt. So God said, it's not the problem of where I'm bringing you. The problem is in you. So I got to get that out of you. Hallelujah. Are you writing all this down? This is not in my notes. This is just giving it to you right here. This is the Bible. This is how you read the Bible. There's a natural way to read the Bible. And then there are spiritual truths that the Holy Spirit will bring to you through that Bible. Amen. See, an atheist and an archaeologist, many of them, many history buffs and, and people in that world have read the Bible to find landmarks and to find ancient treasure and to find all kinds of things. True story. But it never really changed their life. Because they never applied the spiritual side of it. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal something spiritually to us today. Reveal something spiritually to us every time you read the Word of God. It's more than, than Paul going on this island. It's, it's more than, than, than you know, Israel going through all of their battles. And I can do this with every one of their battles. Landmarks, they represent things in the Bible. Garden of Gethsemane that represents where Jesus was, was battling with his will and doing God's will. That's the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's the, in the mountain where he was crucified on Golgotha. That's always going to be known for the, the mountain where God, where Jesus died for all, all of us. Samaria. I love Samaria. You guys know that. One of my favorite stories is the woman at the well where Jesus said he had to go to Samaria to meet the woman at the well. Samaria, what do I always tell you? It's Samaria, some area. It's some area where Jesus needs to touch. Do you have some area in your life that Jesus needs to touch today? I want you to know that Jesus didn't avoid that area like we avoid that area. Jesus said, no, I need to go to some area. I need to go to that area because there's a woman there who we don't even have her name, but I'm there, I have an appointment with her, and I want to have an encounter with her and change her life. Samaria. So Samaria represents that area that Jesus needs to touch. Well, today in Acts chapter 28, I want to give you the word Malta, the place Malta. Everybody say Malta. Malta is an island in the Mediterranean. It's a beautiful island. It's there today. We flew over it on the way to Israel. Uh, maybe you've been to Malta. It's the homeland if you have a little Maltese dog. That's where they come from. Uh, it's a beautiful island, and I love to, to visit there one day. It's, it's, a, it's a, 
beautiful place, but in our scripture today, I'm going to show you that this is a landmark where God turns misery into ministry. That's the message today. This is a landmark in, that I want you to get in your heart today. That if you're in a, a uh, Malta, or you have a Malta in your life, that's that area that just brings misery when you think back to it. A period of time in your life where it just brings misery. You don't like to think about it. You don't even like to talk about it because it, it gets you down. It has some negative vibes. It's bad stuff. You don't like to talk about it. It brings you sometimes into a bad place. It, it's, it's misery. Well, I want you to know today, it's Malta. It's Malta. It's a place that we don't plan on going, but many times we end up being there. What I love about God is he, he's so good, he never leaves us like that. And I'm going to show you today that Malta can be a place of misery or it can be a place where we turn it and let the Holy Spirit turn it into ministry. So it's really up to you. I could call this message misery versus ministry. It's up to you and me. In this corner, standing in a dark corner is this awful time of our life and period that we try to avoid and he always gets us every single time, it is misery. And in this corner, the undisputed champion of eternal life, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty one, the Holy Spirit that can turn our misery into ministry. Hallelujah. I should have got a boxing ring up here. Hallelujah. Sometimes it feels like you're in a boxing ring sometimes. It feels like we've been in a boxing ring for a couple of years. <laughs> we've been in Malta as a people. And I want to kind of bring this out and let the Holy Spirit minister to you today. Do you have a Malta in your life? Do you have a period, a season of your life that is misery and miserable? Well, God wants to turn that around and make it for ministry. Hallelujah. Let's begin to read 28 verse 1. It says, now they had escaped. The verse right before that says that they were holding on to pieces of the ship. And they escaped the hurricane. Remember that? So they held on to their promise. They held on to pieces of the ship. If you weren't here last week, you got to go back and watch that message. Talked about how they hung on to God's promises and every one of them made it to safety that way. That's the only way to make it through the storm. Well, they, they escaped it. Then they found out that the island was called Malta. They didn't even know where they were. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. Now, you need to pay attention to us. What does that mean? Luke is now with them. Luke was with them on this last voyage. He picked them up at uh, of the port before they left. That's why Luke gives such a detailed description of the storm. And it's important to know that Luke is with them in this story. I'll show you in a few minutes. So Luke is with them. And the, the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and they made us all welcome. And because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold... You ever just be cold and wet and it's just raining out like an episode of Survivor? I mean, you're just, you're just out there in a hurricane and they're just like freezing cold and they're, you can't get comfortable no matter 
how you turn. There's no clean clothes. There's nobody there, you know, with a bunch of clean, dry towels and in a shower. And you can't just step into a... There's no Marriott there. They were shipwrecked on this island. That's Malta. It's miserable. It's cold. It's unfamiliar. He didn't even plan on being there. Paul didn't even plan on being there. He shouldn't have been there. The captain should have been there because the captain's the one that didn't listen to Paul in the first place. You ever find yourself in a situation that you didn't cause? Because somebody in your family or somebody in your work ended up messing everybody else up. Now it caused you all to quarantine. <laughs> You're in Malta. You didn't do it. You took, you know, you, you was honest. <laughs> Better keep going. You're in Malta. This is Paul. Paul said, hey, I didn't want to be here. I didn't plan. I didn't even know where this island was here. We didn't even know it was here until a few days later they told us you're in Malta. And if you're in a season right now where you can't really explain, you don't understand, you don't even know what to call it. It's just miserable. I want you to know you can call it something today. It's Malta. It's Malta. It's Malta. It's miserable. It's, un it's cold, unfamiliar, rainy. Verse 3, look at this. Then when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and he laid them on a the fire... A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Wow. Now, at first, this is a good little, when you read this, this is a good way to see, this is the first lesson in this, is that snakes are attracted to heat. That snakes are attracted to fire. Whenever you get on fire for God, expect the vipers to come. Whenever you start getting on fire for God, whenever you really start going after God, they're attracted to heat. You're going to have old friends come out of nowhere. You're going to have old relationships begin to surface. You're going to have all kinds of things that you didn't ever even know they were there, but they're going to start coming out. That's what fire does. Fire draws some of the enemies to the battle. That's just what it does. Some of you need to know that. But look, in, in the context of Malta, this is really just explaining and defining again how miserable Malta is. I mean, here you've got a guy that has survived the storm. He survived a hurricane. And he's sitting there and he's wanting to be a good neighbor. And he's, he's going out to get some sticks because the Bible says the natives are the ones that built the fire. But Paul just wanted to say, hey, man, I'm no freeloader. I want to do my part. I'm going to get up and I'm going to help somebody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go build this fire. I'm going to help the fire. And while he's getting some sticks together just to be a good Christian man, they're watching him because of his speech on the boat and his whole life, how he's been living. And he begins to put some more wood on the fire and a snake comes out and jumps right onto his hand and it fastens himself. Have you ever tried to help somebody out and you get bit? Have you, have you ever just tried to be a good Christian and, and stand on God's word and do what the word has told you and you go out there and all of a sudden you end up getting bit? I find myself all in this story. I mean, you make it out of a storm. Whew, I made it. Just to find out. There's another variant. There's another variant. And you get through that. Oh, there's another one coming. I mean, it's just like the same old storm. And that, that's, exact, that's Malta. That's Malta. Paul's like, Seriously? I mean, I escaped this storm, but now I find that I got this viper hanging onto my hand. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you here, right here. You might have made it through some things in your life, some big storms, 
And now you thought that, hey man, you're due for a win. And you find a viper now stuck on your hand. Those of you at home, you thought you made it through. You're taking some precautions. You're staying at home. You're doing everything that you think is right. But you got a viper stuck on your hand. They had a viper come and attach itself. The Bible says it attached itself there. So it was there for a minute. It was there for a minute. This is how Satan attacks. If you read the story of Job, the Bible says that Job, after Satan came, I've been reading Job like I was telling you, and Satan came, and here's the thing, we always think about it. Is it, is it God or is it Satan? Here's one thing I've learned. It doesn't matter whose hands it had to go through. It had to go through God's hands eventually. The, the, big, the big issue is, is, is not how it got here or why it's here, but what I'm going to do with it now that it's here. That, that's how you read the Bible. When you read, if, Don't ever get stuck on why. Because the enemy will get his stuck on the why all the time. I don't know why. I don't know why Jesus had to die for me. Flip it around. There's things that, that God could say why to us many times. <laughs> why are you doing that after I done sent my son? Come on, come on, somebody. Why, why, why? But the Bible says the enemy came after Job, and you notice how he attacked Job. I mean, he, he came and his, his, uh, his, his, uh, all of his animals were taken. Then, he, then while the Bible says, while the servant was talking and telling Job this bad news, another servant comes, another messenger comes and says, oh, by the way, a fire broke out and destroyed your barn and killed all your sheep. And the Bible says, while the messenger was talking to Job, another messenger came and said, oh, by the way, there were, we were attacked by uh, the Chaldeans from over there and they stole all of your camels. And, and oh, while he was talking, yet another message in your Bible, another messenger came and said, Job, something tragic has happened. The house that your whole family was having dinner in collapsed and killed all of your children. One after another, after another, after another. That's Malta. That's Malta. You escape the storm and you get, you get a bite, a snake drawn on you. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, so the Bible says, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, it was there for a moment. Look at it, it's hanging from his hand. They said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. What gets me is it says, then they said to one another, isn't it amazing how people will form their own opinion of why you're going through what you're going through? Isn't it amazing that people will try to assign your, your trouble to some issue you got going on. I, I mean, it, sometimes it makes us feel better. I don't know why people do that for us to tell people the reason why they're suffering. But let me just tell you something. That helps nobody. And it said, they said to one another, man, this guy, this guy ain't right, man. Remember Job again, again, this could go right with Job. It's so easy. His friends stood up and said, Job, this has happened because you're living in sin. Every single one of them said that to, to him. People will form their own opinions. Man, and if, if you allow them to dictate your feelings, please get this today. If you don't get nothing else, please get this. That you, if you allow people to dictate how you feel, if you let people have that much power over your life, you're going to have one long, miserable Malta. 
You've got to come to the place that you decide that you're, you are in charge of your own emotions. You are in charge of the way you feel. You are in charge of who says what and how you react to what they say. It is you. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let, that means I can control my emotions. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. You choose to which one you're going to believe. Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise for that. I hear you getting, getting something out of that. People will, you got you to realize that. And get people, and get set free. I've learned this, people are going to talk anyway. People are going to talk anyway. Anyway. Sometimes I'm tempted to put stuff on social media just to get them talking. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to see what they say. This, this lady cut me off on the freeway the other day, and I just, ooh, I had to pull up just to see what they look like. My first time, I, that first thing I look for is, do they have a River Ready sticker? That has happened. Someone ran a red light with a river ready sticker on, and you drive. No, so so. And I pull all the way up, and I look over just to see what they look like. And you know what? It didn't make me feel any better. They, you know what? They didn't even realize I, I was mad. So I had a decision. This has set some people free right here. I'm either going to stay mad at this unknown person. And let it ruin my entire, I had an appointment, very important period. I had to bring my A game, my mind. I really had to be involved and present in this particular situation. And I could have let that totally affect that situation in the rest of my day if I would have let this one little act that somebody else did set me free. So you know what it is? I made up a story. They really had an emergency going on in their life, and they just had to do that. And, and Lord, I just pray you bless them. And Jesus, sometimes you got to make some stuff up to get you through a season. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Lord, bless them anyway. They might have some bad news going on right now. I just pray that you bless them. And if they get in a car accident, then God, that's no, I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. People are going to talk anyway. People are going to talk anyway, but here's a defining verse. This is where the story turns. This is where everything changes. This is why I, I taught and brought this whole part of the message out is for this right here. This is what will set us free. In every situation, in every story in the Bible, there is a defining moment that you will find with every single person that turned their situation around, that turned the season, the season around. It was the woman at the well. Everything would have been the same and Jesus would have just left. She would have never changed. She would have never had a life encounter until she said to Jesus give me a drink of this thing that you are offering give me a drink of what you said that you can give me Jesus was preaching he was talking he was explaining and she was just sitting there it wasn't until she said give me a drink and then Jesus said now now he first said go call your husband because we got to deal with something she did she said what you talking about what do you want to talk to my husband for He's not in this story. I don't even have a husband. Jesus said, yeah, you're right. 
You've had five, and this is number six, and you're living with them. And let me tell you something. Your problem is you're going from relationship to relationship trying to fill uh, something that is void inside of you. But what I can give you can change your life forever. You'll never want to go back to that kind of a relationship. Relationships are good, but they're not who define you. That's not who affirms you. That's not who completes you. A relationship complements you. It never completes you. So you need to know the only way you're going to be completed is if you come and get what I can offer you. Isn't that good? That's the, she would have missed all of that. Another, the final moment is when Job, the Bible says when, when Job, after he lost everything, and you go through 38 chapters of just misery, and they're trying to, trying to make sense of his tragedy. He's trying to make sense of why he lost everything. And the Bible says at the very end, that one little verse, it's right around verse 10. Some of you need to go home and read it because this is what changed the whole story of Job. Job, by the way, is the oldest story written in literature. I believe it's the oldest story because it deals with the oldest situation and the oldest problem that we all have. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's the oldest story, and God said, I want to make that the first story from a land that is not even known in archaeology or history. We don't even know where Job is from. There's no recording of that land of Uz is where he's from. But at the very end of the book, the story changes because Job has a defining moment. And you know what it is? It says in verse 10, then he prayed for his friends. And when he prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity around and shifted and blessed him more in the end of his life than he was at the beginning of his life. Let me break it down to you like this. He prayed for them that were lying on him. He prayed for them that were talking about him. He prayed for them that cut him off on I-94. I'm here to help you. It turned everything around. You got to apply this, guys, or it's just a story we read about Job. No, you need to take it into your own life right now. Defining moments. Defining moments. Moses, let me give you one more. Moses, there are so many in the Bible that, that, that would have just been people with a short story that almost had an encounter with God but they all did something in Moses it was he says he looked over and he saw a bush on fire and he wondered to himself what causes this fire in the middle of the desert which everybody would have asked us would have asked that same question but that's not when God revealed himself to Moses the only time God revealed himself to Moses it says that when Moses turned aside to go look and investigate that fire Then God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, it's one thing to be curious. It's another thing to be committed. It's one thing to be curious about God, curious about the scripture, curious about the things of God, curious about the Holy Spirit, curious about this church thing. It's fine if you're curious, but being a seeker is only going to get you so far. If you want to see life to shift on you, if you really want to see change happen on the inside of you, you've got to come from just being a spectator to a participator. That's so good. That, my friend, is what will turn Malta around. And the next verse says that's exactly what happened to Paul. What did he do when that snake was on his hand? It says he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. He didn't ask for the snake. He didn't want the snake. He didn't even see the snake coming. He didn't plan on being, but the thing bit onto his hand. He didn't, he didn't even plan on it, but there it is, bitten on his hand. Now, he could have walked around and said, look, I got the snake on my hand. And they see you, what's your name, Snake? 
How you doing? I got a snake. Please see my snake. My snake. I just want you to know, snake. I'm changing my Facebook profile. Put a big snake up there. Instagram, snake man. TikTok with a snake on my hand. Do a little dance, little challenge, snake man. I mean, every time you talk to him, all he would want to talk about is the snake. All he wants, sometimes that's all we want to talk about is the storm. All we want to talk about is what the enemy did. All we want to talk about is our pain. All we want to talk about is what happened to us. But I'm here to tell you what will turn misery into ministry every time is when you shake that thing off into the fire and say, let go of me. Before I let the bitterness get in me, before I let the toxic get into me, before I let that poison get, I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off. I made it through COVID, but now all of a sudden I'm stuck at home and now I find myself on the internet. I find myself doing things that I used to have victory over and I thought I'd have made it through the storm, but now I picked up a snake. Maybe I'll let that person get into my, my DM. I know I shouldn't be talking to him, but hey, I've been lonely. I, I had a loss in my life. That's the storm. And I thought I made it through the loss okay. But now I got this emptiness and this loneliness. And I'm a, I got this thing now stuck on my hand. Shake it off in the fire. You guys shake it off in the fire. We thought God was just going to make it easy for us today. And listen, you have to participate in it. I'm telling you, it's all in the Word. Paul could have stood there and made, made the rest of his life. Let that moment define him as a man bitten by a snake. He could have been defined as the man that got him through the storm. He had the prophetic word. He was a mighty man of faith, but his life ended when that serpent got him. But he wasn't known for the man that had the snake on his hand. He wasn't known for the man that had the snake on his hand. The Bible says, and he suffered no harm. He's known for the man that had a snake on his hand, but shook it off into the fire, and now he suffers no harm. He probably still had the scars. You're always going to have the scars. Jacob walked with a limp, but he had no pain. Jesus had the scars, but he wasn't bitter. Somebody needs a hashtag, bitten, but not bitter. Next time, I'm telling you, this is my new favorite. It's my new favorite message right here. I love the woman at the well, but Malta's my new one in this. I think Malta's going to be hearing a lot about Malta coming up. We're all going to plan a trip to Malta. How about that? (laughs) Some of you are like, which Malta? (laughs) He was bitten, but he didn't get bitter. He shook it off. He he shook it off before that poison got in him. And I love what happened next. The shame. I mean, I've rolled down so many different snakes. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. What, what has fastened itself back on your hand? You escaped a big one, but now you got this thing. The shame because of you, you, you didn't do a certain thing. Guilt, condemnation. There's all kinds of vipers. It doesn't always have to be a substance. It could be an attitude. It could be a lie from the pit of hell that has just lingered and latched onto your hand because you could have done something better. You could have went back and done this over again, and now you made it through the big storm, but you got this thing that's bitten you on the hand. I'm telling you, this is the ministry. This is what Malta is for. Malta, God God didn't send the storm. God didn't send the snake, but he can use the storm. He can use the snake. He can use it. And watch what happens. He began to use it. This began to shift. The end. It would have ended as Paul made it through all of that. Remember, he was beaten. He was shipwrecked three times. He was stoned. Remember all that he'd been through? And then now he dies by being bit by a snake. Someone would say, oh, Murphy's Law. That's just the way it happens. 
I can just hear it now. That's exactly what people would say. And that's exactly what people can say about you and me when we go through the season that we're in. I'm, I'm convinced. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be soon. Well, we're going to look back at 2020 and, these, and we're going to call them the COVID years. And I pray and hope that you got the testimony, that we all have the testimony that we didn't lose it during the COVID years. Some of you got bit, got a snake on you during COVID years. You picked up your relapse. You picked up that drink again. You picked up that substance again. You picked up the old attitude, the old relation, whatever. I'm telling you today, this is the day. I came here today to just to tell you this one thing. Shake it off into the fire. Shake it off into the fire. Shake it off and say, I got other work to do. I got to go to Rome. Paul said, I got to go to Rome. It ain't done yet. I love what happened. And the Bible says that they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and they saw no harm come to him, then they changed their mind. Notice it took them a long time. Sometimes we think because we, we do drop the snake. This is what God's begin to speak to me out of this. He said, no, every word is inspired by God. Luke is writing every detail down for a reason. And he said they watched him for a long time. Sometimes we want doors to open just like that because we've been two days free from a snake bite. They didn't change their minds because Paul shook off the snake. Come on, let the Holy Spirit go deep on you today. Don't do the same thing last year when you heard a good message then you, and do the same thing this year that you did last year when you heard a good message. You know, God wants to go a little deeper with us today. He wants to go a little deeper. He wants to do some of that heart surgery stuff. They watched him. Oh, you're going to church now. Oh, you quit drinking. Oh, you're doing that Jesus thing again. Hmm. <laughs> you know, when I got saved, man, I thought everybody was going to come a week later and knock on my door and line up. Oh, pray for me, you most anointed man. Because <laughs> I was such a, a hellion. I was. My dad, my family all got happy, but no one else did. You know what they did? They would call Melinda and they would go. A week later, two weeks later, they would do this. How's he doing? Like I was dying or something. They were waiting for her to go. Oh, he went back to the bar, honey. He had a hard time at work. We got a car accident, my whole house. I mean, you, you name it. You talk about a Joe. We went through this Malta many times. The thing about a Christian is you're going to have to visit Malta a few times. Let me just be real with you. But it was something that happened right around six months, eight months. All of a sudden, I begin to get this confidence in myself. And all of a sudden, people begin to ask me questions. After a year, then two years, it was two years before I was even asked to minister and to share my testimony. Why? Because you don't share your testimony when you're still doing it. You got to wait for that thing as being a scar. Paul had the scar, like I do believe, forever. He was going to show people where that viper went in. But it wasn't oozing. It wasn't a sore. Sometimes God has to wait for the healing to happen. We want a testimony without a test. All you got is a money. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to get blessed from your money. Money, 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 money. You can even make a song out of it. <laughs> Y'all my people. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what are they talking about? I don't know. You got to get a test. You got to get a test. Well, I want people to change their mind about me, Pastor Ed. I've been going to church for six months now. 
Been going for eight months now. Been going a year. I don't know how long it's going to take, but they waited a long time, depending on how bad the snake is, I guess. They were like, we're going to watch this guy. I ain't asking him to pray for me. I'm not going to. He's, he's, he's still dealing with the, the misery right now. It hasn't turned into ministry yet because we haven't, we haven't seen it long enough. We haven't seen the evidence that he's really been free. That poison may be in there somewhere. I'm just waiting for that to happen. And this is where you've got to have the Holy Spirit because you and I can't, can't heal. No one can heal you from this. No one could heal Paul on that island. Luke could not even heal him. I've got to keep going. So they watch for a long time. Sometimes people take a minute. They want to see if you're going to go back and pick that snake up again. I tell couples this. I tell everybody this. If you want to, you know, the biggest problem in a lot of marriages is trust. Trust problems. You know what builds trust? Consistency. You want to be taken seriously? Be consistent. I had to learn to live that. People, man, I had to be consistent. You want to be taken seriously? Be consistent. Man, that's some good stuff. And watch this. Then it says, then they change their mind. People begin to change their mind when they begin to see you that live in the life a little bit. Now it's turning into ministry. Now we're going to start to close. Here, here's ministry. I want you to see it. And it happened that the father of a pupilius, giving baby names right now, <laughs> pupilius, he laid sick of a fever in dysentery. Paul went into him and he prayed and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So this when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed, and they honored him. See how the honor comes later? They didn't honor him when he was still over the fire pit watching that snake burn. They were like, well, stay away. After a period of time, man, somebody needs to hear this. They begin to see that that poison wasn't in them no more. And then they, they, then they invite him over to this guy's house. For three days, the Bible says, he, had, he entertained him for food. And while they're there, he kept going to the back room, and he's feeding somebody in that back room. Now, there's 276 people that survived that shipwreck. This guy was a, he owned a big, if you read the chapter, he was a very wealthy man. He owned an entire compound-like thing, a, a whole place, and they were all there. They were eating for three days, and Paul kept noticing that the guy kept going back and giving somebody food. He said, who lives back there? And the guy goes, that's my dad. He's sick. And I love it doesn't say that he's just sick. It said, no, he had a fever. He was dysentery. Why? Because Luke was a physician. Luke went in and diagnosed him. Luke went in and said, let me see what I can do. I'm a medicine. I took the Hippocratic oath, hip, 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 that oath. <laughs> I mean, I want to help people. But I love what happened. Luke went back there and he said, man, you know, all I can do is give you this right here, this little treatment, and you know what, but, but I can't really give you what you need. But we got somebody with us. We got somebody with us that I watched my own self about four days ago. He was putting some sticks on a fire, and a viper came out, and the natives told us that's a deadly viper, and it bit him on the hand. And we stood and we watched him, and he made it. They've been going to church now. They said that they're free. They went through an awful divorce. They went through an awful abuse. They went through an awful time of their life. We didn't think they were making it, but they've been going to church now for a year, for two years. They're not bitter. All they want to do is help everybody. All of a sudden, some going, I don't know. I can't help you, but let me go get this guy who still has a scar on his hand to show you. And the Bible says that Paul went in, and what did he do? He laid his hands. He laid his what? He laid his hands. He laid his what? He laid his hands. Where that snake? 
mistake. The same area where the viper was on his hand is now bringing healing. I need some help this morning. He's bringing healing to somebody. The same area. The same area that he wouldn't even know how it was going to turn out. The same area that, that made him so afraid and he thought he was going to die. It was that same area that now he's put his hand on him and he's healed. He's put his hand on him and now he's healed. He put his hand on him and now he's healed. He put his hand on him and now he's healed. What happened? Because God turned his misery into ministry. What's the Bible say? Now they're all coming. Now they're all coming. Oh, man, I don't know how, how I'm going to make it through this marriage problem, but I heard you did. I, I heard you all made it through. Can, can you just sit down and have coffee with me? I mean, can, can you just tell me how to do I mean, you had to deal with this. You had a crazy boss. You had a Nazi boss, man. He hated everybody. And how, how did you get promoted in that kind of environment? You had a sick child. How did you get through the, the doctor's appointments and, and praying and believing that this was the time and really feeling it, but it didn't work the way you thought it was going to work? I, I don't know how you made it, but you're still standing. You're still making it. That's why God's got some of you in that situation because he wants to bring healing through that pain. He wants to bring healing through that misery. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. I'm done preaching. Hallelujah. 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 And the Bible says they begin to honor him and they came and a revival broke out. A revival broke out on that island. You thought it was just a little story. Maybe you read it and skipped right over it. Pretty cool story of a man gets bit by a snake. Everything in the Bible is there for a reason, honey. Everything in the Bible is there more than just a man getting bit by a snake. I'm telling you that the enemy will try to poison us in so many different ways. And don't let him make you bitter. You might have gotten bitten, but I wonder who's at Malta today. Maybe you're at home. It may be a little different for you at home to participate like this, but I want you to, I want everybody that's dealing with this situation. We're going to sing one more song. I'm going to open the altars. We're just going to have a prayer time right now. Just picture yourself right now around that fire. You escaped a storm. You've been through some storms in your life and you survived. You held on to the promises of God. That's what got you here in the first place. That got you this far. But I want you to be honest right now. Have you found yourself with a viper stuck on your hand now? It could be anything. The Holy Spirit will tell you what it is. Paul could have got so mad at that captain. It wasn't even his fault. Some of you are in a situation that wasn't your fault. There are innocent people in divorce. There are innocent people in some situations, I know. They're all watching. You're all making their own opinion about you. And they're all saying their things about you. But I want you to know, God's going to turn that misery into ministry. Shake it off into the fire. Shake it off into the fire. Oh, just shake it off in the fire. Just see yourself free. As we were singing so many songs earlier today about being free. Man, you can experience that. Some of you, I love it because God can make it so that he suffered no harm. When the Hebrew children came out of the furnace, the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. God can make it so that people can't even guess what you went through. Some of you can't even imagine how I used to be before I got saved. A little terrorist in southwest Detroit. In and out of the legal system. So selfish. Addicted to drugs and alcohol. In the violent hour. I was so all about me. I was not this guy today that you see. And some of you can't even, I've heard people say, I can't even picture you like that. You know what I say? Thank you, Jesus. Because I shook it off into the fire. 
And that's what people need to say about you. That's, that's what people need to say about you. Yeah, you went through it. You got the scars. But man, I don't have no poison in me today. I got no poison in me. Come on, who's at Malta today? Who needs to hear this message today? Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. These altars are open, and I just want you to come as you want to come. We're going to sing one more song. I just want you to get free today. I want you to snake, shake some snakes off today. If you're at home, well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.